Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. You know, we all have a to-do list. There's lots of stuff on it. You've got to get your dry cleaning. You've got to get your milk. Here's an idea. Put save hundreds of dollars on car insurance on your to-do list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance, extra money in your pocket. It may be the most rewarding thing you do today. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. This guy is such a, an icon, such a hero to so many people. And Shelby rides again. The tall man from Texas is in the saddle. Carol Shelby pushes his Ferrari and is showing the way. One and he won and he won. And at the finish, it's Carol Shelby blazing past. As a driver, Shelby was considered one of the best to ever compete. He wins Lamont and he's dying. They told me I had five years to live. I figured, so what? I might as well try to build a car that I dreamed of. Carol was the world's greatest salesman. He could sell anything in the world. I went to Ford and said, if you loan me $25,000, I'll build you a car that'll blow the Corvette off. It's all it'll cost you. It was absolutely amazing that a group of guys from Venice, California could come down here and beat all those high-end manufacturers. Ford had our first true competitor in the racing car business. The Ferrari factory team, they'd been champions of the world forever. When it came to Ferrari, Dad was never a big fan. Enzo wanted nothing to do with Shelby. Carol's goal was to beat Ferrari's ass. He wanted to show what Americans could do. Henry Ford had given Shelby a business card that Henry had written on the back of it, you better win. These races are demanding beyond reason. The pressure he was under, if he had lost, he was going to be in trouble. Running one, two, three. Ken Miles, he was the ultimate long-distance racer. Ken Miles wins Le Mans would be the triple crown. Stage is set for a war of speed. Ford-Ferrari rivalry, that is the golden age of racing. There's been a great battle, a great fight.
Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. He's the king of streaming audio media. He is, uh, we're here in his race-inspired secret bunker. I'm talking about Adam Carolla and Nate Adams, his producer. And these guys have a documentary uh, called Shelby American. You may have seen it on the front screen of your Netflix when you open it up. Hi, guys. Hi, Spike. I watched it last night. By the way, I watched it twice. I watched it three weeks ago not knowing who made it. You know, had it up and was watching it go, this is great. And then when you, uh, uh, when I heard you coming on the show, I, I pressed the link and I realized this is the thing I watched and already loved. And here's what's great about this, you guys. Uh, by the way, happy Wednesday, everybody. If you, and I know you have, took your non-car-loving friends to see Ford v. Ferrari um, and you uh, enjoyed it like they did, but in your head you were going, now I want to take a deeper dive. Now I want to go into the real stuff. Shelby American scratches that itch. It really fills in all the holes, all the questions I had, right down to how many times was this guy married? So congratulations, guys. Well, between seven and ten, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever could quite get So, uh, you know, Nate, Adam, tell it, how did this thing begin, this labor of love that you've made? Well, we had been working on the 24-hour war, which is Ford v. Ferrari. It's another version of Ford v. Ferrari. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's on Netflix as well. If you guys want to go look at that. And when we're making that and Nate, you jump in and screw this up, but there was a big chunk in there of Shelby and the Daytona Shelby Cobra Daytona and how he, how him and Pete Brock or Brock designed the Cobra, the Daytona. And it, it, it kind of, it was central to the story because that's how, Shelby got on the map with Ford. They took the Cobra, they put the body on it that had the aerodynamics, mm-hmm. they took it international racing, they won their class at Le Mans. And but what 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 we're realizing is that in the middle of our Ford GT40 versus Ferrari P3 or 4 whatever movie with this big Shelby chunk with the Daytona <laughs> and it, it was getting a little confusing right. so at some yeah, and, point and I that, said we got to just take the whole chunk You know it's out. interesting when you you know I know you interviewed the guys in Mangold about the movie they said the same thing in the scripts leading up to their script that it was a, it's a very complex thick story and when they simplified it down to a friendship that's when the movie made sense right yeah. that's right and, and Nate by the way, so you're you're Adam's producer. You produce his uh, for Chassis Media. Are you the guy that runs Chassis Media? Yes, Just- I run it, and then Adam and I produce and direct all of our content. the The other thing we realized, so once we'd cut our massive, we always end up with like four or five hours for these docs, and then right. we whittle them down to two to two hours to night, you know, ninety minutes to two hours. And in this one, what we realized is, you know, when we'd interviewed Charlie Agapu and Gordon Chance and all those guys. You know that worked in the Shelby shop. That their their individual stories were also so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, all all these guys were, you know, they were crew chiefs at Le Mans at twenty one years old. You know, you, you just can't even imagine someone doing that today, right? You right. know, and and they started welding and and working in shops and and working on auto. You know, just working on cars when they were twelve years old and learning how to weld and fabricate. And <clears throat> I was mostly interested in this chicken farmer. What can you tell us about Carol Shelby, the chicken farmer? (laughs) Well, I do like the story of his bib overalls and how that became his trademark because he was running late for a race and he was vaccinating his chickens and his (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> By the way, uh, 
I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, Jews probably not known for vaccinating poultry. Like I, I that'd be a horror. I, I am so I would be the worst chicken vaccinator ever. Like I can't even bait a hook right. with live bait. I start going, no, but no, come on, it's weird. Right, By the way, I, I didn't ask? know I didn't know she- Carol Shelby was Jewish. That's just, oh that's yes, just me living in Texas. Um, let me just ask you, as a writer, yes, not as a car enthusiast. Okay. I was thinking the other day, do we need the word? skimp and the word scrimp i feel like it's redundant and i'm now starting to think whittle and winnow i don't feel like we need those you don't need both we don't need both we can skimp or scrimp or winnow down or whittle down as a writer i don't like to eliminate words i like more i like more arrows they're your babies yes but i was thinking just on the way here that i could do i could get rid of the new normal Mm. i don't like the new normal yeah i don't it implies that that there was a normal Right. And there's never a normal. The world is chaotic. You That's a good say, point. Yeah, yeah. New normal's got to go away. Okay, I'm going to write that down <laughs> using your precious words. So we had this big chunk of Shelby. God, it was in the movie. I mean, it was like 20 minutes plus, And then we, we just took this big chunk out. And then it was sort of like, well, we have so much Shelby that our next doc just sort of had to be Shelby. Right. After right. 24-hour war. It's... Uh, it's an inspiring story. There are so many funny moments. And it, one that stood out is that shot where Shelby's standing, I think, at the racetrack. It might have been an airport. And he's wearing this crumpled cowboy hat that's yeah. kind of pushed up on the right Yeah, I think that's a big he was, he, was he was not good at line readings. In, uh, I was actually talking to John what's Morton about that. What's the story of the hat? What is this? Why was the that hat weird, like that? Yeah, it's yeah, like a weird, weird... It was a cowboy hat. It looked like a, a version... a stubby cowboy hat. A Stetson, but it was... Like it had yeah. been crumpled on the left side, I and think it, maybe I, slept on that. I've side. studied that. It was it was like kind of felt. He was at LAX, and I think the wind was blowing in a little bit, and it was like going full flying nun. It on was stationary, like and there was no wind. I'm telling you, if you look, if you see the shot, you'll see that it's. I'm, like going, I'm going up. with passed out or fell asleep yeah. on that side. Um, what you know in making this now, you guys have a unique perspective on Ford v Ferrari, which it's awards season now, and it's it's quite a story, and it's a very mainstream story. And I know you know you interviewed the the boys there. Um, were there things you thought when you saw the the film that you thought I wish they had not done that and had told a different story? Were there there inaccuracies that bothered you? I, I wasn't bothered by it, but I didn't kind of go in with my head on a swivel sort mm-hmm. of looking for trouble. You know, my feeling with movies is go in and enjoy them. Don't go in like a dog sniffing out backyard <laughs> fruit at an airport. Like, what's who? OK, who's who? What's going on in here? Uh, what's the meaning of this? Like, I and I I. I was like, all right, they're going to take some artistic license. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a whole lot of Ken Miles with his wife and his son, and that's going to be a central, you know, every movie, you know, they make a movie about World War II, they have to just pick a love relationship in the middle of it, you know, because they're like, what's the story? Right. And because it's way too broad, the, the, the race itself or just the actual overarching story. So they got to drill down on something. I was fine with it, and uh, I just sat there like a – passenger and went along for the ride I, I didn't sit there like the guy who made two movies right on but the still subject. there are things that may have just made you blink or you know yeah. not that you're looking there the 
I'm, I'm like Adam. I went in and I thought, wow, this is a fantastic – I just let it be a movie and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I – you know, I, there's a million holes in it historically, but I just went along with it. The only <laughs> thing – The only thing that, that – there's a lot. The only thing that really rubbed me was when he told <laughs> Phil Remington to go deal with the customer selling the car. Yeah. Because you have the greatest fabricator in the world <laughs> who would never talk to anyone about wow. buying a car. Okay. And he's like, hey, Phil, go sell them that car. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I I do have a problem with something. <laughs> okay. I felt that the lack of diversity was problematic. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to see women of color in positions of power. Yes, okay. You know, running what, Ferrari, what running about Ford. This? What about this? Did that deal with Fiat and Ferrari when Ford has given them the offer and the guy goes running right out of the, the building. phone. <laughs> Didn't that take a year? Wasn't that like a year-long process? Uh, yeah, the pictures of the scooter. Long. Yeah. The guy in the scooter took the pictures, though. <laughs> I want that guy delivering my next pizza. Because exactly. that, guy's, uh, that guy's a crackerjack. Yeah. That guy in the 60s took pictures, <laughs> developed the film, yes. jumped on a Vespa, and, was a, and, and crashed a that, Fiat he, cocktail party yeah, in is that 20 Jenny minutes. Is that doorstep? in f- four minutes. And why wouldn't they let him in if he's going see the guy who's partying exactly. in? By the way, it made me laugh. I have a list that Nate knows. Anyone who knows me, they know I have a list of things I'd like to do. Like right. I would like to dive into a body of water with a knife in my mouth, <laughs> and I'd like to have a cape removed from me on stage. Yes. I would now <laughs> like to crash. No, no. I would like a cra- I'd like to host a cocktail party and have somebody crash it with important yeah. information. You know, I start off by going, "What's the meaning of this?" <laughs> and, you know, my guests are upset, and then at some point, it turns out it's very you know Gordon Gecko-y, kind of really He's important. Got the photos, you really know, in important an 8 by information, 10. right? The cape seems really easy for you next time you're performing yeah. stand up. That's that, easy. That I can right do that for you. <laughs> I've been Jerry's water boy. I've put the little glass of water on his stool before he performs. I, I do that before cape. every one of Adam's stand. End up, say tape. Yeah, I, I, I'll be your cape guy. I just did want. it last week. We did the second one. I just did it. <laughs> that yeah. would be a nice moment for you, I think. And who's going to see it? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I want, I want. But see, the whole thing about the cape or the body of water or you know having your hands registered in a county as weapons or being <laughs> removed from a casino, I, you can't, you can't mock it up and do it. It needs to be done. You know what yes. I mean? Like there, I legitimately need someone to remove my cape. I can't just <laughs> put a sheet around my shoulder and then walk out into an empty arena and have someone remove it. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. It seems like you go to a Hollywood costume. <laughs> Shop. We get you an ermine cape today, and then you call me up, and I'll put it on you and take it take it off you. That that would de- defeat the point. <laughs> I need what I'm, what I'm saying is is I don't want to stage a cocktail party and have some yeah. guy with an Italian accent r- throw his Vespa on the ground and run in. I need it to need actually it happen. To happen yes. organically. I yes. need to have an actual cocktail party and somebody has to run in with information. And initially, I'm not happy. This is great. <laughs> I mean, this is so easy. This could be your next car purchase, and it could be Matt D'Andrea running in mm, with a bid go. going, it's going to take this much money right, to get this. Right, but if I stage it, it it's, like a, it's like a fake <laughs> orgasm for right, a wife. Right, you know I what I'm you. saying? Right. It, yes. I, I need legitimacy. Right. Well, and I don't throw cocktail parties, so we're a long ways off. Yeah. Your whole life seems like one continuous cocktail party with your mangria and everything else. I, you know, and, and the other day I noticed you're posting all about your uh, – on Twitter, your home theater. There yes. are multiple posts about like the, the carpet and the corners and, and the seat choice thread. Well, you and, know – 
What, yes. what is that? What was that? Well, you know what I found to be weird or interesting because I don't I don't know how the internet works, but I was doing a home improvement uh, Ace on the House podcast, and I was mm-hmm. talking about thresholds and making ah. a door threshold and whatever, and we just talked about it for a while, and it and it was the last piece that I put in in this theater that I built at my house, and I thought, and I took a picture of it, like, hey, I custom milled this oak threshold and symbolically like last piece of this this theater puzzle done and i threw it up you know on the insta post or whatever the tweet and i looked it up i looked at it like when i got home from work and it had two hundred thousand views wow and i was like i guess people like this stuff like this woodworking stuff or this project stuff because you know we put a car video up and it gets some clicks but it doesn't get two hundred thousand you know, in seven hours. And so I went, oh, well, if the people like that. So then I took a picture of like of the theater and I threw it up and I realized there's an appetite for this uh, there stuff. There is. Yeah. Yes. Who's posting about building their own home theater? And, I, th- and then, by the way, that's why I noticed it. Like, yeah. What is he doing? <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. And we do like somebody who knows how to do something on the Internet right now. We don't like to just follow people for following them. We like to know that there's a reason. Adam is a guy who knows how to do things. Yeah. And he's. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I have a carpentry background. Well, yeah, then, but so it, it struck me that uh, people enjoy that or they respond to mm-hmm. it or they're interested in it. So uh, I shall. Because I'm building out a shop now to do the cars and blah, 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 and I shall take pictures and keep people You're building posted. The, the, the car shop bigger. You a different one. Shop. Now we have a new one. Building a, new, a, a new nicer one. a nicer one. Wow. And yeah. what, what does that mean? Define nicer from what I, you I'm had I'm not allowed before. in there. Um, like, yeah, we this is a works. Nice. Um, it, it's, first thing you kind of realize is ceiling height. You need some height. If you really want to do a really nice presentation in a nice sort of car museum or shop or whatever it is, you need the, the height. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why, but if you walk in, mm-hmm. like, if you walk into any hotel and the mezzanine has an eight foot ceiling, it's a crap hotel, right? right? If you walk in and it's a cathedral, it's not that you use that space. You just walk in and go, oh, I like this place better. <laughs> I don't know why we need that. You, you know, you're six foot and everything past that is mm-hmm. gravy, you know, yep. but you walk in and you, what, what, whatever the facility is, when you walk in and there's that big open feeling, versus a lower ceiling that's that's about 80 percent of it as i drill down and think about it i I like that so Mm -hmm. what is your perfect hanger height what do you think well the perfect hanger height is just kind of enough to do two floors but you don't do two floors Ah. so you could Ah. also you know my biggest problem in life is i'm a carpenter and i built so many houses and so like people come in and they'll go i'll talk to people and they'll go oh yeah i have my house has that i have i have a 50 <laughs> foot ceiling in my and i go it's not 50 feet and they go oh no it's, it's like 50 feet and i go no it's like it's like 19 feet yes. and they go no it's like i go it's five stories 50 feet is five stories Do you have a five-story entry and they go oh maybe it's less yeah. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm telling. I'm telling you the height <laughs> of your ceiling and your entry. I start condescendingly to obsess about what goes in that upper space. Mm. Like listening to you. Thoughts. Just thoughts? Nothing, just right? Thoughts. Yeah. No cloud paintings on the ceiling or frescoes. <laughs> well, you can hang stuff. You know, there's the guys who like hang <clears throat> stuff up there. Right. You can get like a double or triple stacker. Yeah. 
Hey there, did you know that Valvoline is the only motor oil brand with a dedicated engine lab? You may be asking yourself, what exactly does that mean, Spike? Go ahead, say it out loud. There you go. Here's what it means. Their engineers and technicians run tests 24-7. We're talking thousands and thousands of miles on various engines. Then they take those engines apart piece by piece to evaluate exactly what happened. Carbon buildup. How did the seals hold up? Did the engine perform like it was supposed to? And most importantly, were the critical engine components protected? So when Valvoline is formulating motor oil for your engine, they know exactly how it performs and what protects it best because they've seen the results firsthand. Not last hand. These guys and girls are impressive. It's really who they are that make Valvoline motor oil what it is. They won't settle for being less than the best. Much like some of the racing greats that have been sponsored by Valvoline. There's so many iconic drivers that have carried the Valvoline name. Yeah, it's not just me, your friend's bike. I know you've seen me walk in the streets of Beverly Hills with my Valvoline shirt and proudly displaying a Valvoline sticker on my forehead. It's not just me. When you see the red, white, and blue car on the track, there's just something special about it. And who are those guys? Well, how about Mario Andretti? He won the 1978 Formula One Championship with Valvoline. How about Mark Martin? He has 27 NASCAR wins with Valvoline and drove with it for eight seasons. A.J. Foyt won both the Daytona 500 and Indy 500 running Valvoline as well as the USAC Championship. Darrell Waltrip, all three NASCAR championship wins with Valvoline under the hood. Joe Amato ran a Valvoline dragster during the 1992 season and won his third consecutive NHRA Top Fuel Championship. Who else? Jeff Gordon. First NASCAR championship running Valvoline. How about Cale Yarborough ran Valvoline motor oil when he won his third straight NASCAR championship. Shirley Muldowney, the first lady of drag racing, earned her second NHRA Top Fuel Championship with Valvoline. The list goes on and on. And look at this. Jeff Swart, our dear friend Jeff Swart, won Pike's Peak in 1994 and 1995 with Valvoline. And finally, Al Unser Jr. sported a Valvoline livery for his very special 1992 Indy 500. Still marks the closest finish in Indy 500 history. There's a great video on TeamValvoline.com documenting this. Search Al Unser Jr. on the site and you'll find it. You know, there's an old ad with some of these racers that says, people who know use Valvoline. It's so true. I know, and I use Valvoline. It's an American-owned and operated brand that's been trusted for 150 years. So head on over to Valvoline.com forward slash Spike to see what product is right for you. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. You have a a neat hangar presentation. Mm -hmm. You know, unlike Leno, which is warehousey and buildy and workshoppy, you're kind of in the middle, I would say, between the Peterson and a Leno, right? Mm. I I like I like your your setup a lot. There's uh, there's museum spaces and then there's workspaces, but everything has a neatness to it. I'm excited about this space. This I am too. This sounds. uh, I want to see more. Maybe we'll come by there when you're. uh, and, and just do a whole hangar podcast. Please. It, don't you find that, that listeners are always asking, like, how do you set up your garage? What's important? One thing uh, we talk about is levels. 
to sit and look over your cars. Like you just have to be raised up maybe at least a foot. Yes. We need like couch. a mezzanine. Adam does not sit down ever. He doesn't sit. He, unless he's podcasting, he's pretty much on you don't, the move. You don't sit and smoke a cigar and look over all that you've acquired and I, I, uh, wear your cape. In and, seven years, I've never seen that. <laughs> and say, look what I've done. Yes, yeah. I say, I'm the king of all I survey. <laughs> and I that I have out. heard. <laughs> um, no, I do sit in the other shop. On, see, there's one day, there's one potential day right. that I sit and that's the day Nate's not at the shop, uh-huh. which is Sunday to watch football <laughs> yeah. with uh, Kimmel and cousin Sal and oh, all yeah? that. Yeah, that's nice. So that we do I'm banned from we that. We do banned Why from are that. you banned? I'm just kidding. He's not one of the cool kids. <clears throat> yeah, you're not. So we but just sit there. You're the showbiz guy, right? You're the guy who's supposed to be part of all of this. Uh, I'm more of the nerdy, sit in the edit bay, do the move, you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> Nate, I like Nate because he's not a show busy guy. He's yeah. a Montana. He's very show busy, Adam. He presented himself as show busy the moment he shook my hand this morning. He's <laughs> like, "Hey, man, wait, you're a writer? Wait, hold on, I've got a project for that's you." Exactly, he just what went I did right say into it like well, a good producer should do. Yes, that's right. true. Yes. Well, he's got a he's got a motor. That's that's <laughs> true. But he doesn't have the the trappings of of show business. All right, let me get back to Shelby. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here's here's another question I had for you. Did did Mangold call you when they were making this movie and say, um, help us out. We don't want to take Ferrari's help. We definitely don't want to take Ford's help. They want to manipulate and shape this story. But you, you guys who've made these definitive documentaries, hmm. can you help us with some of this stuff? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Nobody ever calls. I, you know, the, what about the guys? What about Matt Damon and Christian Bale? No. Zero. The, the, the most, Do you know them well? No, I, not, I know Matt. A bit. I don't know Christian very well. He all. was uh, he was a little sleepy the morning we were interviewing him in the uh, conference Peterson. room. Yeah, they looked like they had just flown him across the world and <laughs> set him up there. And he just looks like a guy who never stops. Yeah, I. I you know, it's interesting because we made the Newman documentary, and uh, it was a really it was kind of a love letter to Paul Newman and his racing career, and it's called "Winning the Racing Life of Paul Newman." I'm sure, some of you have seen it, but. Uh, you know, people say like, oh, he has daughters and family and stuff. Like, what did they say? Or what was their reaction? And I go, I have no idea. I've never talked to any of them. They never contacted me. <laughs> now, I mean, to be. Well, I've talked to Nell. She loved spoke it. spoke to Nell. Nell I've never and his spoke brother, to Arthur's in it. And oh, he loved oh it Arthur, too. sorry. He has an older brother, believe it or not, Newman does, who lives in Palm Springs or 20 something. Yeah, Palm Springs. And, and we did. He was in it and he was very gracious. He has an older brother. But I've never spoke to any of the daughters about mm-hmm. about the film but if you may i guess we made a if i made a documentary about my dad i don't think my sister would reach out to me. i'm trying to think <laughs> i'm pretty sure she wouldn't lauren wouldn't be she probably wouldn't watch it yeah they they lived with him why do they want to watch more about him right i don't know but my mom <laughs> i have a horrible mom right yeah you do oh yeah i didn't she, know that she's horrible she's really? horrible oh wow she's the worst and she said <laughs> She said to me, "Is oh, this Thanksgiving?" Yeah, over oh, Thanksgiving. She goes, "She goes, what are you working on, or what are you up to, or something like like a sort of generic? Yep. How's it going?" I, I said, "Well, I'm question. I'm making a lot of car documentaries. We just basically sold three to Netflix, you know, two days earlier." And uh, I said, "Well, I'm working on car documentaries," and she said, "Well." 
when you make a documentary about something I'm interested in, tell me. I'd like to watch. Oh, dear. And I was yeah. like, boy, are you a horrible mom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And she was probably she like worse that? when I was nine. Yeah. That's unbelievable. It's that unbelievable. is the yeah. opposite like, of good mom behavior. How yes. many times has your mom watched the Soup Nazi episode and told you how My mom said, I have a series coming out on uh, Disney Plus um, in, in the spring. She said, I'm already signed up for Disney Plus. I can't wait. I go, Mom, I'm not in it. It's just my production company. Because no, I've already signed up. Yeah, just let me. Know Adam's then, mom would never. Yeah, <laughs> and never happened. She hates cars. I she still hated that. I was just like, just stop watching my crap. I don't care. <laughs> I will say this about both my parents. I've offered this. I've offered the ten thousand dollar challenge, which is yes. If you go to my dad's house, right? Uh, I have, am involved with, or have probably multiple box sets. Uh, there's a Man Show box set. There's mm-hmm. a Crank Anchors box set. There's probably a Drawn Together box set, which is a voice voice thing I did. I'm, I'm in box sets. I have four books out. There's tons of tons of. I'm working on my fifth uh, fifth book. But either way, if you walk into my dad's house and you can walk out with a Man Show mug or a box set or a DVD of a Shelby Doc or Blu-ray of a uh, of uh, I don't know the twenty four hour war or or the hammer or Air, road hard or anything I've ever done. If you can, a man show T shirt, if you can walk out with one piece of material of the potential hundreds of of things, T shirts, mugs, box sets, memorabilia, whatever, I will pay you ten thousand dollars. That's my that is how confident you just I am. sparked a whole set wow. of cat burglars who are now go Does search. Mom, There's do, nothing do, in there. So mom and dad, they don't live together? No. They're divorced. They don't agree on anything other than they don't have an interest in their kids. That's what? the only thing they've united on. Did that, does that really bother you at all? I mean, you don't strike you strike me as the type of guy like I like I didn't care if my parents came to my basketball games or anything. I was just like, don't worry about it. It's, you know, it, I, I don't like it here. I don't need you there. It, it's it's I kind of I find it amusing in a bizarre way that you like you won't watch do, like you have a son that makes documentaries but you won't watch. And, and really by the way, they like documentaries. Do you want her to call you and ask you these questions about Carol Shelby? Really? No. What does she want well, you to make? By the way, she thinks Carol Shelby was <laughs> is a female comedian yes, from the 60s. Yes, exactly. Why does she have a lady's name? What? She's the one who tugged on her ear at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what would she want you to make? What would get her, like... Oh, oh no. I, re- I realized, I realized, like, after, like... Right, you know, being on the New York Times bestseller list and speaking in front of Congress and stuff. I, I realize it's nothing. I, I realize. I used to be a socialist that documentary on Sweden. Like yeah. She, she no, was... no. See, I thought, like, when I was a kid, I was all about playing football. And I was like, all right, my mom doesn't like football. Right. Okay, I get it. She doesn't like football. <laughs> and then later on, I was all about cars and construction and mm-hmm. building and ranching mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, okay, she doesn't like cars and she doesn't like – she wants to – my parents want to sit home and read a book. They don't want to go to the garage and right. wrench, you know. <laughs> and they don't like football. And they don't want to box. They don't like boxing. And so I, I figured out probably conveniently – like, okay, it's not about you. It's just you happen to like cars and boxing and football and turning wrenches and building, all stuff they don't like. But but if you did do something they did like, then they'd yeah. be all in. Later on, after I started writing books and making documentaries, I realized it wasn't the subject. Wow. They were just out. Wow. What, what about the kids? Do they like the kids? 
Uh, my kids, <laughs> I don't. Not, he hesitates. It's kind of lukewarm on them, or because I mean, I rem- <laughs> there were only two things that caught my parents' attention. Because my parents are the same way. There's nothing I could do right. They, it couldn't please them. Now my mom's a little different now that my dad's gone. But the the first time they paid attention to me was when I got on television hosting my late night show, which you mm-hmm. were on. Nice enough to come on. When I came across this thing that they stared at my chi- whole childhood, this television. When I was on it. They would give me a little bit of attention, and then the second was not the kids. Here, oh, hand kids. me those kids. But that, but that's pretty much it at this point. Well, I don't much know. It. I maybe my mom would like your kids. I should try that out. Can you <laughs> Bring drop them your over. kids off. See if I can get a, <clears throat> get her motivated. No. Hey, as we head into that back half of the NFL season, getting close to the Super Bowl, it's always a bittersweet moment. So much great football is behind us, but the good news is there is even better football on the horizon. NFL playoffs, college football playoffs, the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. If you're looking to add some excitement, then you want to use Make Bet DSI, your betting partner using Bet DSI's live betting platform. You can watch all the events and even bet all the games till the final whistle. Bet DSI has a very user friendly interface and mobile site. Bet DSI has the fastest payouts in the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code SPIKE101. That's double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to betdsi.com and use promo code SPIKE101. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. Have you seen my newest Porsche? No. Well, I drove my GT2 RS in honor of your 935. I consider to be the modern There's a new Newman Porsche in the collection. Really? I took some pictures of it the uh, other day. Matt... Oh, might we, have we, to we spoke about this, I think, in get Monterey. My phone. Yeah. yeah. Let's, but let's, have I showed you any pictures you of that car? I have not. No. Matt, in my phone, along next to the pictures of thresholds I've milled. <laughs> <laughs> and I also take pictures of my dog sleeping because I, I like I like I like inaction. Uh there's some pictures so of naked selfies. New <laughs> Porsche that's uh white and uh I took a few good pictures of that. Ah, it's, it's, it's the color. uh Beverly it's it's the Beverly Hills Porsche Audi. No way. Is that the Freeman Porsche? Yeah. It's really funky 70s. Newman drove it at Sebring in 77 with Bill Freeman who's a guy he's the kind of was kind of a West Coast guy out here and he'd come out here and he'd bring the car out to Willow Springs and drive mm-hmm. it around a little mm-hmm. bit. The car itself ended up running at like Sebring like five times and like Daytona 24 hours five times. It didn't really do well at all pretty much ever, but it has tons of mileage on it, like race miles on it. And again, Newman drove it and finished at Sebring in it, so it's kind of a it's it's sort of a Newman car. It's got Newman's name on it. Yeah. It's back in the original livery. And what's the plan? What are we doing with this? Well, I I have I've been told by uh, numerous uh, Porsche aficionados. Um, I've I've been to- I was just talking to Bruce Kenapa the other day about it or tangent. Tangentially, uh, tangentially about it. Let's get rid of that. Uh, word yeah, let's too. get rid of that word. Um, I was actually <clears throat> talking to him about an RSR, like a a seventy four race trim RSR that he has for sale, two point four million bucks. If if you got that in the ashtray, but um, 
<clears throat> I was talking about that car. I was talking about a Nissan GTP car, which he just got as well. I was also speaking to a famous Porsche driver, Patrick Long. Uh, yes. All-around good guy. And I talked to – yeah, you got on your computer. You're, <clears throat> you're looking at it. Wow. Don't worry about it, Matt. Sorry. Uh, lovely. Spike has it on his computer. Now, so um, I talked to both of them. And and I first talked to Patrick Long, and he's like, "Oh, you got to drive that Porsche Newman Sebring seventy seven. It's mm-hmm. it's not an RSR, but it's done up like an RSR." He said, "Oh, you're gonna love that car. You're gonna love that car." And I was like, "I am." And he's like, "Oh yeah, so much better than the nine thirty five. Like so much easier. Just so much, so much better." And I was like, "Oh okay," because I have been <laughs> racing with guys driving those cars, and they're just driving the shit out of them, and they're fast. And they're having a good time out there. And then uh, then I talked to Bruce Kenapa, and he's like, oh, yeah, the RSRs are super expensive because everyone loves driving them. Like, they're so much more balanced. It's so much easier than the, than the 935. And I was like, oh, all right, well, maybe I'll bring that RSR, for lack of a better term. It's really a 74 911 street car that got converted into a race car very early it on in life. It's just like an RSR, though. But uh, everyone keeps telling me, all the super fast <clears throat> Porsche guys are like, oh, so much more balanced, so much easier to drive, so I, much fun. I, I, I was I, like, okay. Can I jump on that bandwagon? Yeah. You're yeah. not going to disagree with them. Because no. I've driven the IROC 74 RSR. It's an incredibly, it's probably my favorite 911, probably my favorite race car, period. Just the simplicity of it and the balance of it. Was that Jerry's? Yeah, the yellow uh I've driven, a, I've driven a couple RSRs, and they're always just, you know, the, the, what you can feel in a 73 RS, that simplicity and that connection to the steering and the, the ease of use is even better and lighter and nicer. I, I don't know how to describe it. I've driven it on the street. I've driven it on the racetrack. I feel like I'm my most competent race car driver in that car. Oh, well, see, now yeah. now a third Porsche voice has oh, yeah. come yeah, yeah. to So if it drives like that. Here, I'm looking at pictures I, of it here. The, the sad, uh, but can I tell you a sad RSR IROC story? Yeah. Because uh, I know Jerry sold his a couple of years ago for like $2.3 <clears throat> million. 2.3 mil. Okay. It was so, a mistake. There was I w- tried to stop it in the in the week prior. There was <laughs> nightly phone calls. <laughs> there was one for sale at, uh, I think, RM or Gooding. The green one? Monterey. No, I, I, it was blue or yellow or something. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, mm-hmm. there was one for sale five years ago, yep. maybe six years ago. And I was looking at it, and I said to Bruce Kenapa, expert, Porsche, I said, I like that car. I, I think that's a cool piece. Like, it's an IROC. Right. And uh, it's like, I think I, I think that the price is right, and I may think about bidding on that car. And he's like, don't bother. And I said, why not? And he said, because you can't race it anywhere. It's it's like it's not – you can't really run it in the run group I'm running in. You'll just get your doors blown off. Like really? it's not really – you can't – you're running with a bunch of 935s and decon monsters yeah. and, soup and big block vets and stuff. Uh-huh. Like you can't run that car. So he's sort of like – he's telling me there's nothing you can do with it. And I was like, okay. And then Jerry sold his, and I was like, oh, 
I think there's something I could have done with it. I could have made $1.5 million because <laughs> I could have bought it for seven fifty. dollars uh, Yeah. You at know, the time. I got to tell you, he's completely wrong. First of all, you can put a license plate on it and you can yeah, drive Yeah, but that's, not, that's not in his mind. His mind is like, you, what race? What race? What one race? One of my that's favorite drives is with Jerry in that car, the very first drive with the straight pipes on it. And we were on the PCH in front of Will Rogers going, this is the most illegal thing <laughs> either of us have ever had on the street and driven. It was so much fun. And then on the track, again, the feeling. I mean, yes, you might not win in that car, but when you're on a track just doing laps, I, I've never been happier. Well, what a car. He, 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 what I a mean, mistake he, you've made. I know. His argument really wasn't <laughs> It wasn't you're not allowed to drive it. It's like, what's it eligible for? Like, what are we right. going to do? His what, argument what event was, is it I'm going to bid on it, and I don't want to be bidding against you. So <laughs> this car is to make up for that car, yes. is what you're saying. Yes, it is. Um and so when you say it's not, it is, it's a, it's got a three liter race prepped, uh, 360 horsepower engine. Yeah. It's got to be what? 2,500 pounds? It could be less. I, wow. uh, yeah. Or yeah. 2,500 pounds. Yeah. It'll be light. Yes. Paul Newman history here. God, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Uh, and does it have a title? Could you put a, you don't do this, but could you put a license plate on it? I find this to be one of the greatest parts of being a car person is the license plate on the race car and then doing dumb shit and it going to the supermarket or <laughs> mm. picking up a kid at preschool in a race yeah. car you, you, is the most fun. You know, there is a Porsche <laughs> that I am looking at that you could say that for sort of. A 917? I, I think. A 908? Uh, no, a, a 911 club whatever it's a race car, but it does have like lights and yeah, brake lights, and yeah. maybe a turn indicator or something. And and yes, one one probably could drive that one around. There's also another kind of an interesting piece. Speaking of Ford v Ferrari, the replica Ford G, GT40 is coming up for sale. That was like the hero car from that movie. Uh. That's uh. Superformance, superformance right? with a big block uh, Roush in it yeah, with yeah. fuel injection, and that car works. I mean, that car's got <laughs> lights and turn indicators and really? whatever. And one could get into that car, the replica of Ken Miles Jeep, you know, Le Mans sixty six car, and and drive that car. Who on the street. is selling that? Is that coming up at auction? Yeah, think? I think it's coming up at Meekum and Kissimmee. Maybe. Me. Yeah, everybody no. bought all those cars right off. Like they used them in the movie, and then tons. I know tons of guys. I know Aaron Shelby bought one. I know a bunch of guys who bought all the cars really? they used. Yeah, in the movie. Wow. Yeah, that cars is coming up. So that would be a cool piece. Do you like to, those yeah. cars? Would you ever get a GT40? I uh, I thought I've always thought that the actual GT40s were way undervalued. And not so much after mm-hmm. this movie, but I, you know, back in the day, you know, 10 years ago, you'd go, well, how much is a Ferrari GTO? And it'd be like 10 years ago, go, mm-hmm. I don't know, 40, 50 million bucks, 30, 40, 50 million bucks. And then you go, how much <clears throat> is a Ford GT or GT40 with history? And guy'd go, 6 million, 8 million, something like that. And I'd go, seems like, the, the the GT40 should be higher up, right? Like, right. and and I felt the same way about the Daytona Cobras. Like, they're like five million bucks, six million bucks. But I'm like, why aren't those fifteen million bucks or right. twenty million bucks? And I, 
always felt that the GT40s were just totally undervalued. Undervalued as, as much as a $5 million car or $7 million car. But the the Ferraris that they were beating or that they ran with, like the P3 or the P4, that would have to be $65 million. So the car that beat the $65 million car is $7 million. <laughs> and I was like, somebody's got to narrow that gap a little bit. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I did not buy any GT40s, but I always sort of looked at them going, that's a pretty historic car. Yeah. And it was Ford-powered with, like, an iron block and push rods, and I think that was kind of the issue. Mm -hmm. But now I think people realize that it still hasn't caught those Ferraris, but it's gone from, you know, the Ferrari's 50 and this thing's 11, and now the Ferrari's 50 and this thing's 25 or 30, you know, depending on the history, of course. So what do you think? Are you going to get it? The kit car? Yeah. I think it would be a cool... I, I think it would be a cool I think it would be thing. great. It would be super cool. After yeah. watching the movie, I want I wanted them to... I want, I want a Cobra. I want the whole deal. I, I, I think the replicas are really cool. I mean, I, I it's not my thing, so I don't think I'd feel bad about driving a replica. Have you driven any of the Superformance uh, Cobras? Um, I may have... Dri- I think I drove a Daytona that was a Superformance. I think Superformance makes Daytonas because I talked to Brock... Yeah, an they do. Conversation they do. with Pete Brock about the Daytona, which is like, he's like the Superformance Daytona. I've stood next to a Daytona with him, and he was like, back in the day, we didn't have the time to do this curve at the bottom on the rocker panels. Like, <laughs> right, I, right. I didn't get to finish it the way I wanted to finish it. And I, I guess as a designer, that's got to plague you. Like you got six weeks to get this thing ready for Daytona yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you just don't have enough time to really finish it the way you want to finish it. But he said with the kit car, tribute car, I guess we'll call it. Um, <laughs> there <laughs> well, are all of those words. Well, it's like cover bands. Like, you know, they don't <laughs> like being called cover bands, you know. We're, you know. Continuation. Yeah, we're an air supply <laughs> continuation band. We don't cover air supply. No. Right, right. So I'm um, not taking drugs. So I'm he, microdosing. It's yes, a completely different thing. He yeah. finished, yes, he finished <laughs> the, the car, the, 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 the uh, tribute car, the, yeah. way, the way he wanted. Tribute. Tribute. Yeah, Pete did another one in Germany. Uh, as well, like he, I think he did like a ground up build, also of a new G. I don't know if you're detail. if you're on Pete Brock's uh, email. <laughs> he has Jane. an email. <laughs> oh, Pete, I am. Yeah. I am Brock. on nobody's emails. There, but what when, is when, that? When you see Pete Ooh. Brock's emails, you want to get on that. You get really? one. Yeah. You get one of. You, there's one of two. There is they trip. They <laughs> there's the one that you like, which is they. Uh, paid a tribute to the to the Daytona to the Cobra at Le Mans. He sends you a picture of like three of them parked on on Le Mans. Or the and Day then, Tommaso or something. Yeah, else. the Day Tommaso. And then the other one is Hillary Clinton is responsible for sinking the Lusitania. Yeah. And then he sends you some dark web oh, thing about how when Hillary Clinton was nine, she sunk the yeah. Lusitania. She I've, did. I've read yeah. through some of those where I'm like, oh wow. man, it's the best. I yeah. want to. And, be and on by the way, you want to talk about range, man? He's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. And I, I love Pete, but yeah, some of those are dark. And what is the purpose of the email? Is it to sell cars or just? I don't no. think so. No, it's not. I just think you need to know who sunk <laughs> yeah. the Lusitania, yeah. and Pete knows. Yeah. That's, or Lord, who's that's responsible. Exactly. She didn't actually, happy actually that out. send the torpedo into it, but she was behind wow, it. She facilitated, she facilitated it from, from her bedroom. I that's wonder right. if the, the, 
the owners and drivers of these cars think about those emails when they're at speed going, God, yeah. the guy who engineered this yeah. also sent me that email. Great, deep cut, dark yeah. web. He's basically – I doubt he's on the dark web. Well, somebody – there's information there. I don't even I've, think, if you said dark web to him, he's not going to even know what that is. It just sounds like he's on Breitbart or He's something. kind of – he's the car Conspiracy. guy version of Ed Asner who thinks the Twin Towers were taken down by the CIA. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah I love those that. guys. I've heard that. It's I've the best, yeah. by the way, especially in light of, like, recent events. Yes. Do you think the <laughs> FBI and the CIA could wire both buildings and nobody would know about it? I mean, only Ed Asner would know about it? Well, how do you keep a – you know, you know the old saying, how do you keep a secret between three people? You yeah. have to kill two of them. Right, right. right. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to keep anything a secret if you tell anybody. Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Right. Well, I'm glad we, we fixed that. We've got only a couple minutes left, gentlemen. Mm. Um, I want you all to watch this uh, documentary they've made, Shelby American. Did I get that right? Yes. I yep. always lose it in my Shelby emails. American, the Carol Shelby uh, story. You know. And it's right on the front page of Netflix there. I, and, can I jump uh, in here, Spike, go. and tell people because uh, Nate's uh, – He's no Carol Shelby, so I'll speak. Yes. He's not a salesman. He's no. an artist. I like him. Yeah. He makes things, but he He's doesn't sell He's making deals. It. People need to go to Chassis, C-H-A-S-S-Y, and get the Blu-ray of this thing, because we have extras on that uh-huh. footage never seen before. Yes, we were able correct. to procure some really cool footage, home movies and races and races, home movie races and things like that that no, nobody's ever seen before. I noticed before. That, w- yeah, all those you... races from the 50s. We found nine reels of 16 millimeter film that we developed that no one had ever seen before that's in the movie. But then I we, we made so these wait, what do you mean? They were Blu-ray extras. Yeah, they, were, they were in a woman's closet <laughs> We took them, developed them, digitized How them. How many decades old are we oh, They're talking? from the 50s. And, and they're undeveloped and they're fine. Yes, and so beautiful. who do you bring? Is he asked you, <laughs> you for a decade count, Nate. You oh. answer the man. <clears throat> Sorry. Almost seven. 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 Almost seven. And where, where do you take that to be developed? Photocam. Anywhere that does film. And they go, okay, yeah, we'll give it to you in a week. Yeah. <laughs> There's no. Three days. No degradation. It looks beautiful. Like we put three-minute clips of probably three or four races. They, it looks gorgeous. Where were they? Like Torrey Pines or there, there, Palm I think Springs. it was Riverside. Riverside. Uh, yeah. I'd have to look through them how all. But they're most it? of them are how Southern they, California. How do you, A friend of mine had known – You know, once we start doing these docs and the word gets out in the car community, every one of our docs have had footage no one's ever seen and photos no one's ever seen. We didn't even know that the Shelby family kept – apparently uh, Carol's mom – was a crazy scrapbooker. So they had <laughs> not these... to be confused with Chris Carolla, who's never heard of Frank <laughs> They had scrapbooks that were like three feet tall by two feet wide. No mm-hmm. way. And probably thirty of them wow. that literally had every pit pass that says pilot from hit from every wow. race he's ever raced in, every plane ticket he ever had. Like there were, there's a check in the documentary for a race he won for fourteen dollars. Wow. I put it in. Oh, I, was like, I know it's amazing. It, I was like fourteen dollars. Yeah, <laughs> like was that Elkhart Lake? Yes, or, yes, you're right. It, it's crazy. It's like literally. I I was literally had to pause it on there and go. He got paid fourteen dollars to yeah. win. I don't know if he won. He made. Yeah, have, I think came it was in it third. Was, no, it was a winning check. Fourteen dollars was the winning bucks. check. Yep. You know it was the winning check because I filmed it. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Would you uh, – were there any overalls? 
You know, that would have been cool if there was a pair of overalls. I'm surprised. Have you thought about I would selling overalls? I would guarantee they have them somewhere based on yeah. these scrapbooks yeah. because they collect. They had every magazine article, every newspaper did you, did article. Did you ever meet Carol before no. he died? Uh, yes, I did. I, I Briefly, I went to an event at the Peterson Museum, I think at the end – I think there's a picture or two of him like on the roof of the Peterson surrounded by all the Shelby Club guys bringing yep. their cars and the new Shelbys and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's probably from the event I went to. He was probably kind of, old, you know, getting yeah. near the end. Yeah. And uh, that would have been, I don't know, 15 years ago or something or 12 years ago or something like that. But, yes, I went to the thing and he was just, you know, doing his thing, holding court, signing a glove block. Love box lids, you know, that's this whole thing, just signing like Pete Rose, yeah. signs baseballs. And, you know, just introduce myself wow. or said hi to him or something. And he gets that 34-year-old guy's heart. Yeah, just, who, who was a gambler. Rebooted. Yeah, and then he's ready to go again. He was a gambler. What happened well, to the kid? The, thir- had a, the 34-year-old guy has a, I think it was a stroke or heart attack, yeah, just drops dead and, and Carol gets it. And the guy was the guy had nine lives. I mean, yeah, he really in did. 1960. They were like, you got five years to live. Yeah. Guy lived to 2012. Longest right. double transplant recipient in history. Still. Wow. Just the longest living double heart transplant clear, recipient. The, the guy, the young guy died of a stroke. He yeah, because we die of a heart attack that yeah, we don't that, really. That would, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like true. <laughs> I blew up my engine. All right, well we can use it. We'll get put the it in the engine. next car. Like, well, no, well, maybe blows it really. <laughs> he kind of looks like you, Adam. There are shots in the sixties and seventies where he's standing there. I went. That kind of looks like Adam. You change the glasses out, and, right? Adam I, looks a lot like Shelby. I had a lot of people. Yeah, that's why I used to get laid a lot in high school. <laughs> yeah. Like all the girls were like, "Hey, you look like Shelby." Um, I, a lot of people have been tweeting me that. So you do uh, grew your I, hair out a little bit. Yeah, I'll take it. I know we have to go. We have to go because you have a million. How many podcasts are you going to record today? What's a day like for Adam Carolla here? Um, uh, three, three. I don't know. I have to talk to uh, Matt. I think right? yesterday was your brutal. And you day. do these yesterday five days like a week. Six. You do three different shows every day, or you do that seven days a week. I do my show every day. I do me and Doctor Drew every day. And then I do Ace on the House, Home, home Improvement. I do Car wow. Cast. I do uh, Take a Knee, which is sort of a motivational one. I do uh, Reasonable Doubt with Mark Garagas. Uh, am I missing any? I can't think of anything else. And the, uh, uh, and the then, RSR and then I get, money just flows in. I get to be a guest <laughs> on, on other people's pods as well. It's amazing. Wow. He's yeah. the only guy on Podcast yeah. One making money. It's good for him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Adam Carolla. And Nate, thank you guys. Uh, thanks for having me over here. It's always hey, a thrill. Thanks, Obviously, my show is your show. Uh, Adam is the the king of podcast one. It's a pleasure having him on. Thanks. Real honor. It's a thrill. I we love to be in the same we, room. We with love you. talking cars with Spike. And uh, you really don't know how many times Shelby was married in this documentary. You couldn't figure it out. They, no one. No, they number. don't know. They his said, kids don't. They know. said between seven and ten. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> his, even his own kids. Because sometimes he would get married and he would have his friends pretend to Got be it. the justice of the peace. Wow. Shelby American. Um, you can stream it right now on Netflix. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com.
Well, we're deep into this year's NFL season. Everybody wants to know who will be coming out on top. Am I right? Well, then you need to check out one podcast that will get you everything you need to know about the biggest NFL games. And now it's all the postseason. I'm talking about the Ross Tucker football podcast. Ross played seven years in the NFL before retiring. So, you know, he's got the insider knowledge you crave. Be sure to check out the Ross Tucker football podcast every week on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many of your favorite podcast listening apps.